This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Wow, look at that. Right out of the gate, breaking news with Xander and Hanley. According to a report from MLB insider Bob Nightingale, Chicago White Sox manager Tony La Russa will retire on Monday. That's tomorrow. Now, Tony has one more year left on his contract. Nightingale reports there are plans for a press conference in Chicago to announce his retirement. Brian, big news, not a total surprise. We said that he would have to walk away. We talked about this yesterday on White Sox Weekly. And if this is true, tomorrow is the day. And I think it's uh, kind of curious with three days, uh, three games left in the season, why they would do that tomorrow. But it looks like that is the case. You know, you did, we did talk about this on White Sox Weekly. Uh, Daryl Van Schaal and Sun-Times had a report that uh, they were going to offer Tony to come back next year if he felt like he was up to it. But in the same report, Daryl wrote that, according to his source, Jerry Reinsdorf, who was the man who reached out to Tony LaRusa and had him come back to manage the White Sox to rectify a wrong uh, from decades ago when a Hawk mm-hmm. fired him in, in his one year's GM and you know, that's something that's gnawed at Jerry apparently for decades. But Daryl wrote that Jerry was going to counsel uh, Tony La Russa not to come back and to think of his health and put his health first and foremost in his mind and, and uh, you know, heed his advice. And, and just uh, you, it'll be interesting to see at the uh, one, if he's actually at the press conference. You know, I don't know how much he's traveling. And mm-hmm. two, does he get a title as a special assistant to the chairman or – uh, you know, front office title to consult. Um, but Bob Nightingale's been dialed in. He has been dialed into Jer- Jerry Reinsdorf for a very long time. And he was the man who broke the news initially that Tony La Russa was taking a medical leave. So you have yep. to put a lot of stock in this report because Bob Nightingale, when it comes to White Sox information, uh, usually has it and usually has it correct and first. Yeah, according to what I'm reading here, and there's not a lot of details other than what we've already said, so there's really no indication that there may be some kind of future in the front office for Tony, but it it sounds like to me retirement like done, over, that's it. And if he does have health issues, the man doesn't have to work, I would assume, right? You you know, he's had a long Hall of Fame career. Uh, You know, I know if if you do this for a living, you don't want to stop, but if... If he has a challenging medical situation, where, which seems obvious, I think the only call would be total retirement. And that's well, kind of know, the vibe I'm getting. Well, I, I think he'll get a title because they're going to try to give him a graceful exit. He has one okay. more year on his contract. It's not the type of job I would suggest that he's going to have to be out at the rate every day or in the office every day. I mean, it's the type of job where... In the off-season meetings, the winter meetings, uh, he can be on the phone. He can be on Zoom. Jerry can pick up the phone and run, you know, big ideas uh, by him and just get his input, whether they act on that input or not. Sure, more like a uh, like a very um, um, uh, like a, a consultant that Absolutely. isn't involved day to day. Okay, yeah, that he, that makes a little more sense. A, I'm, I'm just thinking. The, he's not going to be a cubicle at the office. You know, he's right, going to be. Right. Hey, hey, uh, we're going out to get sandwiches, Tony. What are you having today? No, it, I suppose. It, yeah, but uh, look, it, and Sox fans would love to hear from you. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We went over a list yesterday of, of possible uh, replacements for Tony Larusa if, in fact, 
he was not coming back. And now it reportedly is fact that he's not coming back. Uh, love to hear. We'll go over those that list uh, again. And, and, you know, do you want someone with White Sox ties? Are you in love with Ozzy? And it has to be Ozzy. You know, sometimes had a poll yesterday and 40 percent of the 1,200 or so people responding said, give us Ozzy. And he was in first by a long shot by country mile. Um, do you want total outside of the organization? Does it have to be a guy with experience? Can it be A.J. Pruszynski without experience? <laughs> love to hear your thoughts. But yeah. look, Tony was part of the problem, obviously. He wasn't the only problem. You have, we have rush, uh, roster problems. You have, um, you know, offensive approach problems. You know, is that injury is that problems? A, which, yeah. uh, which obviously you can't. Well, hopefully uh, this year everybody's going to be well conditioned over the winter. Uh, we're not looking at any kind of work stoppage. So for the first time in a few years, with the pandemic considered and the strike, we are going to have a normal start to next season fingers and toes crossed and there are some new names that i'm seeing that have been thrown in and you know it's easy to throw out names of potential uh coaches head coaches and and we'll throw those in as well as the ones that we talked about yesterday but you know the aj Pruszynski thing yeah you know just real quick it's been very polarizing if you've been watching twitter you either have people say yes or people like no not again don't do what you did with Robin Ventura. And I can tell you, I love Robin as a player, but that did not work out. And that was another name that had history with the team, that smart baseball guy. You figured it would translate into being able to run the team as the manager, and it didn't translate. Yeah, and and you know, the one thing about Robin and AJ are polar opposite uh, personalities, right? And and we criticize you and I criticize Tony for not being fiery Tony Nearly enough, if at all, this right. year, right? The right. question coming in was, would uh, the, the guy in his late 70s, turning turn 78, I think, next week, be able to relate to the young players and the young stars like Tim Anderson? And you and I have talked about it, and I think you were spot on. He almost bent over backwards to go the opposite direction, <laughs> right. to right. put he the arm around that the guy. Instead of yep. the, the you know kicking the ass, he'd put the arm around the guy and, and never bring a guy into the office. He would say he would you know, go out on the outfield and have a, a more, you know, uh, a neutral conversation rather than bringing in a guy in the office and shutting the door and lighting a fire under him. A.J. Brzezinski's not that. He's not Robin. I mean, and normally when you correct on something like that, you go the opposite way. You go get the fiery guy if you had the laid back guy, right? And Tony was the laid back guy uh, in, in this iteration anyway. Mm-hmm. But I, I want a guy with experience. I don't know how Sox fans feel. Um, you know, the White Sox usually look within the organization or, you know, ties to the organization. Here, I'll go a step further, Mark. Who's going to be making this call? I mean, it's not going to be Jerry Reinsdorf. That was that, unique to, to Tony Larusa. But there are a lot of Sox fans out there that would want to say, well, wait a minute. How come Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams are st- still sticking around to make that call, given this year and the fact that if they finish under 500 and they lost last night, that will be the eighth time in the last 10 years they finish under uh, 500. If you were taking tests at any college level, high school level, and you failed eight out of 10 times, you'd be held back a year. I mean, it wouldn't yes, be. Yes, you bad. would. I mean, yes, that's, failing. that's failing. Uh, that, that, that's failing. On a questionnaire for a job, you wouldn't get hired. You're absolutely, absolutely. right. Yeah. And, 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 and the, uh, uh, I would suggest that Kenny Williams, as he has been able to survive for all these years, will continue to survive. Does he look down 
uh, to Rick and say, okay, you've got to take the fall for this. Not knowing from the fan perspective, who actually is making the call on some of these uh, personnel changes, uh, aside from Tony LaRusa. So it will be interesting. We know that Jerry has been loyal. So at the least, Kenny Williams will still be here. Will Rick Hahn be here? Who will make that coaching decision? If they give Rick Hahn another chance, which we have every reason to believe they will, just based on the fact that they've been loyal for all these years, it, it would be good now to look at Rick and say, okay, now the manager choice is yours. Because he didn't get that this time. Not this time, but he's had it in other times. And they, they, you know, that didn't work out. You know, look, you no, know, would Renteria have stuck around if Jerry didn't have the idea that Tony Russo was the answer to uh, and a Maybe. problem that wasn't perceived at the time, but for Jerry Reinsdorf? Um, Maybe. You know, and, and Renteria was really good with younger players. Yeah. So and, you and don't, when, yeah. When you look at the Chicago Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf's other professional sports team, you know, the guard packs thing finally had to go away. Now, I think John Paxson is still considered a consultant. You know, uh, Gar Foreman not around anymore. But that became a punchline. But was that because Michael Reinsdorf was now the man in charge of the Bulls? And Jerry still obviously is is the uh, lead man there. But at day-to-day, it's his son, Michael. Does that, you know, if if Michael was running the White Sox, would he look at this like Rocky Wirtz looked at the, White, uh, at the Chicago Blackhawks and once his dad passed away and said, we got to make change? drastic changes um you know is it is it time not just for um, a managerial change that bob nightingale reported uh, is going to happen um but is it time for rick Hahn, kenny do you need a fresh set of eyes at every level is what i'm saying basically yeah i don't i don't disagree with you but we have no reason to believe based on past action and performance that that's going to happen. But again, as you mentioned, it eventually did happen with the Bulls. Maybe this is the window of which they make those type of changes. And I'm with you. I want to see an experienced manager come in. I don't want a first-timer, whether it's an A.J. Pruszynski, who would truly be a first-timer, because the man hasn't managed anything in the uh, you know single-A, double-A, triple-A, and he's a big name. He's got a big job in the broadcast booth. So... Is he going to go, as we talked about at White Sox Weekly, is he going to go down to the minors to learn the craft? I don't think so. Um, Absolutely not. Yeah, You know, is Chris Getz going to get a look? He's done a great job down in the minors. Would he get a look for Rick Hahn's job? I know he was mentioned as a, as a manager. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Only the but, fact uh, you that, know, you know, that he, he's watched these guys, quote-unquote, develop as they've made their way up and through the system. And if you're right. not willing to to check out on all the young talent, uh, certainly not, you know, the Copex, uh, Aloy, who came over from the Cubs, obviously, but Luis Robert. And, I mean, all the guys you were waiting on for this so-called World, World Series contending window, which is not even open this year, um, Chris Getz would know, it would have a, a firsthand evaluation of everybody that came up through the system and maybe what has gone wrong once they got to the major league club. And um, yeah, that's but, a good point. Yeah, but, but look, it, 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 this is an opportunity to cast a wide net. And for those people who don't think the manager means anything, I would disagree. 
the, how much he means. I think he sets a, a tone and a culture and accountability and everything that we didn't see with the Chicago White Sox this year. And they have to get it right this time. They Absolutely. have to get it right. And whether it's Joe Madden, which I don't think is a, a great choice, but Mike Schilt has been mentioned. He uh, brought the Cardinals to uh, a few playoffs. Joe Girardi, not sure that's a fit, but boy, Bruce Bochy, that looks really, really good. That man has a serious resume. Yep, and a serious demeanor. I mean, he's just, you know, that that I want a guy who's been there and done that and done it with success. Uh, I don't know if that's too much to ask, but I don't I don't want to watch someone learn on the job. I don't want to see, you know. I think we're past have- that. As fans, we're past that. Now, now again, that they could go the similar route and do that with somebody connected to the White Sox or give somebody their first shot. But I think that would be a terrible mistake. We're past that now. And this window, if we can get this window open, how long we can hold it open for them to be able to have some sustained success in the playoffs. And can you imagine a World Series? We have to get this right. There's no second chance here. This is a second chance that we didn't think we needed, but we need now due to the health of Tony LaRussa. And now we have to get this right. 312-332-3776. If you missed it, Bob Nightingale, uh, MLB insider, did report that Tony LaRussa is expected to officially retire tomorrow at a press conference. What that means for his future with the White Sox, will it be a consultant role that is very, um, uh, you know, not not a day-to-day type thing? Because he does have health issues, and I would imagine a day-to-day role would not work for him based on what we know already. But will he be somehow connected with the White Sox in the future? Brian, I think you have it right. Yeah, it will be know, a graceful you consider exit. all the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, it will be a graceful exit. And look, he, he was, uh, you know, a consultant before he became a manager 2.0 with the Chicago White Sox. He was, you know, again, it's not the type of thing you have to live in Chicago. You can just, you, you don't have to worry about what the lineup looks like every day. But if they're considering a free agent signing, they're considering a big trade, they're considering you know, how to, to to implement a new uh, offensive approach at spring training. You can run that stuff by a guy who's a Hall of Famer and, and, and take his input and add it into the input of whomever, whomever else is part of the uh, decision-making process. And I'm with you. Likely it's going to be Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, um, but I think a lot of Sox fans would like to see different people making new decisions when it comes to the Southside team. Yes, fresh eyes, fresh eyes, like the Bulls have. And 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 you bring up a great point. Michael Reinsdorf kind of set the Bulls into the next the next phase, and and we've seen some positive movement as far as the Bulls getting better, the right coach. Yeah, yeah look, it's it's not a done deal. They're not a championship team just yet, but they seem to be moving in the right direction, and it's fresh eyes. Fresh people in the front office. We'll see what happens with the White Sox. We'll come back and take your calls, 312-332-3776. You know, before we hit break, let's take Mike real quick and Byron, sure. who wants to talk about the White Sox. Let's do that here. Hey, Mike. You're on ESPN with Alexander and Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'd really like to see um, Sandy Alomar Jr., the bunch coach for Cleveland. There he you go. Time for the White Sox. Yep, and I think he did a fantastic job when Francona was out. He's going to get a head coach position somewhere. I'm surprised he hasn't already. And and the fact is, he's not mentioned in all of this is really curious. 
Uh, I, maybe he's really locked in at Cleveland, but I agree with you. I would love to see him here. Well, let, let's yeah. uh, you know play that out. The experience he's got as a catcher and everything, I just think, and yeah. plus he's bilingual. It's really and, and great. And you know what? Yeah, a great yeah, personality. Yeah. I, I I was around him quite a bit. He's a great personality. He could handle a clubhouse. I don't know if, say, Cleveland goes ahead and wins the World Series this year and surprises everyone. There's certainly going to be a, a, a force to deal with in, within the division next year. I don't know if he's waiting to see what Terry Francona's future looks like in terms of retirement mm-hmm. and staying there. But he was a name that was kicked around here for for a good reason uh, a while back. And I was all for it because I, I think he would be that, – that's a great name to add to the list. Yeah, th- uh, thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, that, would be, that would be great on a couple of fronts. He's the right guy for the job, it seems like, and we would be taking him out of Cleveland. But you're right, Terry Francona had some health issues for a yep. while. And he's the one that took over, so he might be the man in waiting for when Terry wraps it up, and that could be at any time. We don't know. 312-332-3776. Let's hit a break, come back. We'll take uh, your phone calls. We'll start talking – Get you ready for that game against the Giants here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. All right, back at it. It's Xander and Hanley on a Sunday morning getting you ready for the Bears game. Bears will see the Giants in uh, stadiums in Jersey, right? Correct. Is that the Met Life? That's right. Okay. Jets and uh, they're Giants both two and one. Jets and Giants don't play in New York. They play in New Jersey. It's just so like crazy. the Bears are going to play in Arlington Heights. Right. Uh, but uh, but isn't it? Wait, Brian, isn't it going to be the Arlington Heights Bears? How could they mm. use Chicago? Yeah, Mayor Daly is threatening to take Chicago <laughs> out of their name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Oh, he's not the mayor three, three, two. No, 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 no. He, yeah, he hasn't been for a while. 312-332-3776. So Justin Fields last week, um, two interceptions. Now, he finally found... Cole Komet, which was nice. But two interceptions. Are we seeing any progress from him? If if we are, it is baby steps and it's forward and back. What what did your guy Bruce say? One step up, two steps back? Correct. Um here here, so one or one of our Twitter polls today uh was Bears centric uh before we got the Tony LaRusa news. But I did this last week as well. Because it's astounding, FanDuel set last week set uh, Justin Fields over under for passing yards at 171 yards. Now, Teddy Greenstein came on with uh, Jeff and Dion during the pregame show, as he does each week for points bet, and said their boost had, they boosted Justin Fields up to, uh, if he throws over 200 yards, you would get uh, you know, better odds. And as T- Teddy uh, pointed out during the show last week, he said most quarterbacks, you know, even like uh, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, is going to throw for more than 200 yards today with New Orleans, right? That's just a given. You roll out of bed as a, a NFL quarterback, you, you're over 200 yards. Think about that. <laughs> Not everyone. <laughs> no. Well, it gets worse. So today, FanDuel set, wait for it, Justin Fields over under for passing yards, 148.5. I can't remember seeing – that low of, of, of a passing total for anybody in forever. So is it a Luke Getzey problem? And he keeps saying, oh, no, we have all the faith in the world in Justin. Is it a Justin Fields problem? Because we saw him overshoot and uh, not be decisive yet again last week. Mm-hmm. Is it a talent around the quarterback problem? Is it all the above? But 
Which way are you betting? Over, it almost looks too good to be true. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll bet the over 148 and a half, right? Because of course he's going to get more than that. Not when Khalil Herbert is going to, you know, ran for 150 plus last year. Yeah, last but the, he, he looked great. Montgomery had uh, an ankle issue, right? So he came out of the game and Herbert looked really, really good. We've got some question marks for this game. But no, you're right. Uh, you know, my initial thought looking at what he's done. And versus the 49ers, he had 121 yards, only 70 uh, in, uh, against the Packers and 106 against the Texans. It would be easy to say, okay, let's bet the under. But as you said, that that's a low bar. When Before the uh, Bob Nightingale report came out that Tony's retiring and there'll be a press conference in Chicago to announce yeah, that in uh, case tomorrow, that. Yep. Um, I, the only White Sox reference I thought we were going to have in the show was that Justin Fields has thrown fewer passes through three weeks since Bobby Douglas in 1972. Now, Bobby Douglas played for the White Sox at one point because, you know, I'm sure you remember, Mark, that, that guy, his passes came in at like 110 miles an hour. He, he broke ribs when, you know, threw him in the guys <laughs> right, between the right. numbers. Right. He, you know, the southpaw was not exactly what you would call, you know, uh, he, he didn't have a lot of touch. He just He just winged it, right? But right. think about that. Because last week, through the first two weeks of the NFL season, Justin Fields had fewer pass attempts than anybody in the NFL since 1978. So now we're down to 1972 with Bobby Douglas when he was 15 for 43 for 214 yards through three games. But he did rush for 247 yards because he was a better uh, runner than he was a thrower. It's just this isn't the way it was supposed to start out this season under the new regime. And yet, they're trying to win games, apparently. And, you know, I was wondering last week, uh, I asked the question, are we still okay with the Bears losing games as long as Justin Fields is developing? And now it seems like, well, we're not so – we don't care so much if he's developing as long as they're winning games. I'm, I'm kind of lost what the big picture looks like here. You, you know, uh, I had last week off. I was I was busy down uh, eating barbecue in Memphis and catching oh, a lot man. of life. Well, that's a tough uh, assignment. How did you just sign I up lo- for that? I love that town. I love that town so much. Oh. I have such a love affair with that, with that city. But, uh, you know, that's a great point. Um, having had the week off, I've just been able to clear my head. And you're right. The fact is that we are we are uh, two and one right now. That's all fine and great, but we haven't seen that development that we're hoping to see from Justin Fields. Now it may be baby steps, as we said, and that's probably the best we can hope for. But it's not moving forward right now, Brian. Well, look, they have the second best run game in the league right now, at least by the numbers. The run blocking has been really, really good. I would argue for a lot for a lot of the snaps, the pass blocking has been more than serviceable. When he has more than three seconds to throw, it's a problem of not him. You're, not you're right. The ball. And we thought coming into this season that would be really, really a sticking point. And I think that they we've been he's, pleasantly he's, surprised. He's so he's make, had the time. He has to make decisions. I mean, you, you yeah. know, he's holding the ball for more than three seconds. You gotta get that ball out. And the problem is if you're watching these games, there are guys who get the ball out too quickly. But he seem, there seems to be some indecisiveness there. Like he's, he knows what he's looking at, but he's looking for something better or, or different. And you, you don't have that luxury. And then that's when Luke Getzey says, guess what? We're picking up six, seven, eight yards of run. Let's keep doing that. But again, I don't know how that helps this franchise in the big picture if you're just going to hand the ball off. And, and, you know, I know it's early. 
Okay, I get that. But you have 17 games to figure out if Justin Fields is at least on the right path to being your guy. I'm not sure you're going to have the verdict at the end of 17 games, but right now he's not giving you enough substantially, uh, at least passing the eye test, to say that he is going to be the guy. Right, right. And, and this, is, uh, this is kind of like what happened last year, and, and, and for a different reason. We couldn't trust the play calling, and there was all kinds right. of stuff at, at the top of the food chain on the Bears. Now it's time to see what he can do. Now, it would be interesting. We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. Would you be okay with him throwing more, maybe not to the success, but knowing that that's what he needs to do, trust his instincts, and and would you be okay with that if that meant developing or if you just want a clean game and you want wins? 312-332-3776. When we get back, we're also going to talk to our buddy, Bear Fan Bob. You know he has a very thoughtful presentation on the setup for the Bears versus Giants today, noon kick. We will take... Bob, and we will take you at 312-332-3776. Back in a moment here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just growth. You know, it really comes down to taking one performance at a time and just growing. You know, whatever that is, you know, it's about having growth. You know, last week I thought he had some good explosive passes, you know, in there. So we took the positive from there, and uh, and we're going from that that point. There's Coach Matt Eberflus on what he needs to see from Justin Fields. Apparently, they're seeing some growth. Ryan, are we seeing the same thing? I mean, uh, what we, was his we trust rating? the process. What was his passer rating last week? Twenty-seven and change. Twenty-seven point seven. That's not growth. Because no. the week previous, no, was, no, right, right. It yeah. was eighty-five point seven. There, there is and, that's that's what you call substantial decrease in your rating. <laughs> You're right. That's growth in the wrong direction. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Before we get to Bear Fan Bob, we want to throw that question out to you. Are you okay with Justin taking more chances? He seems like. You know, the oh, the old uh, metaphor would be he seems like he's squeezing a stick, right, in hockey. Mm-hmm. When when you have when you have a goal-scoring drought, you start just tightening up on that stick, and you're not playing relaxed, you're not playing loose. Same thing with a pitcher. When you're trying to hit your spots and you're really tightening up, things don't really go. You have yeah, to what, relax and what trust Dallas, yourself. What Dallas Keuchel said is like trying to, to paint the – a dot on the ass of an ant or a gnat or something. Right. You're trying to be right. so perfect. And, and right. you, can, you know, you just, uh, it didn't work out for Dallas either. No, it didn't. And and there's something to be said about that for any athlete that, you, you know, they really tighten up and they really, really try, you know, they're losing all of what brought them to that point. And so would you be okay with Justin taking a few more chances and trying to, trying to relax and it's not always going to work out and, and to see him progress, or you know, is this is this Luke Getzey saying, "Look, you had a chance, kid, and we're going to have to just run it." Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Bear fan Bob jumping in from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Hey, Bear fan Bob, how are you doing, buddy? Robert Ford. Uh, hey, Bob. Oh, oh, wait, wrong sport. Because <laughs> yeah. today we're going to have like five field goals and one touchdown. They're going to oh, have boy. like. Three field goals and one touchdown. But here's the good news. They got a Jones and they got a Barkley. We got a Smith, we got a Quinn, and we got a Herbert. So we got them by one. There you have it. 
Now, back to the uh, Justin Douglas question. Here's the problem. You don't have Brian Bashnagel to jump up out of the air, catch the pass, and get his ribs broken in the 70s. <laughs> Never mind. That got it about right, Brian? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, I remember you know, that, too. Yeah. Somebody can actually catch the football because, you know, I was at the last game, and I most certainly didn't see it. And if you're going to wow me because Cole Komet caught two passes, you'd be very mistaken. I wasn't happy with that at all. Well, it was a start to at least see him out there not dropping one. I mean, yeah, okay. This is make or break year for Cole Komet, too. That's very true. And because Getsy comes out of the Green Bay system, and i got to word this correctly, Mm -hmm. I actually trust him because that's what Green Bay does up there. They teach receivers, and they teach quarterbacks, and they make receivers and quarterbacks. And what I think they're trying to do with uh, Justin Douglas here is they're, they're, they're bringing him along to try not to break his confidence by throwing the ball and throwing a lot of inter- interceptions. Okay. So if he's not seeing the field, they're not doing it right, they're going to you know yank the chains back on him, pull the choker chain in, and say, nope, you're not doing this. We're not going to lose this game. We're not going to be embarrassed in front of the fans. We're doing it. We're going to run the football, and that's going to be the end of it. And we're going to try again another day. And I think that's probably correct the correct approach because in this town, how many quarterbacks have we seen get oh. their confidence broke and been done? You know, yep. Trubisky's one of them, and, oh, God, the list goes on and on. So this is kind of a new system, and, uh, you know, maybe this will work and maybe it won't. And here's another thought. If this kid ain't going to be any good, trade him. Somebody will pay us a lot for him. Just oh. a thought. Yeah, so guys, yeah, what, the Bears should yeah. win today. Actually, I think they will. And uh, that's all I got for you. And okay. Have a good day, huh? Thanks, I appreciate, Robert. Uh, I appreciate it, Bob. Um, yeah, you know what? Uh, he brings up a good point. Yeah, okay, trade him. So when is the assessment done on him? Oh, and, well, and first what do they need to see? It's certainly not now. And and if for anybody who wants to pull the parachute now, I get it. You're frustrated for all the reasons that Bob had mentioned and we've talked about before. Many, many quarterbacks over the years, not a lot. Of, you know, we have broken confidence on a lot of them. And, and Bob's got a point there. You know, maybe they are kind of yanking back the leash and saying, okay, that didn't work. Let's try it again another time. In the meantime, we're running the ball. And they're bringing him along slowly, which is so different than we've seen in past years. Brian, and and that's why it's on to us, perhaps. Well, hey, hey, look, and I have no issues bringing him along slowly, but this is historically – this pace is historically slow in terms of the fewest pass attempts since 1972. You have to give him some room, and, and Justin Fields has to give you some confidence by making some of those obvious uh, completions, right? right. He, he's got to give you something to, to say, okay – he had success doing this last week. We can give him more of the playbook next week. But the fact of the matter is, the only thing you would have going for you to trade him right now is he's he's on a rookie contract. Right. They, no one, no one's trading for Justin Fields thinking that that they can do better with him right now. Because I think you know people would certainly have had questions about Matt Nagy and his staff developing a guy. But I think they're going to wait and see what Luke Getzey and Matt Eberflus sure. get sure. out of them. It's going to take time. Think. It is definitely look, going I to mean, take time. Obviously, they didn't draft him. He's not their guy. They will be quick to move on from Justin Fields after this season if in week 15, 16, 17, you're still looking at passer ratings in the 70s or the 80s. They ain't going to get it done. Right. He has time, but he doesn't have a lot of time. Correct. 312-332-3776. Mike in Orland Park wants to jump on with us here on ESPN 1000. Hey, Mike. 
Hey, guys, pleasure. Um, I just want to know if you guys know another franchise who's been worse at drafting a quarterback. I mean, just any franchise, it's been worse. I mean, what, what, the best quarterback ever drafted by the Bears would be what, Jim McMahon? Yeah. Because the, re- the yeah. rest of these guys were brought in. They, I mean, Jay Cutler was brought in from Denver, and I mean, right. you know, and uh, what was it, Eric Heipel uh, was brought in from Detroit or whatever? Eric Kramer, yeah. Kramer, Kramer. Kramer, yeah. Kramer, I'm sorry, yeah. Eric yeah. Kramer. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, they yeah, went yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So if you know your weakness is that, because I know these guys don't want to admit it, but they're horrible at drafting, and I'm not talking about this regime because you got to give them a chance. They didn't right. draft this guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I would, I don't know what to do with him. I mean, you know, it's just very frustrating. They hype this guy up, and Ryan Pace has given away all our draft picks, and it's just frustrating to watch this. Sure I mean, all Chicago sports are just bad, yeah. except, you know, I mean, and the Bulls' radar is going down, too. You know, got, I mean. Got to get Lonzo uh, Ball healthy if that's even possible. I mean, help. Right. You uh, guys have a great day. I appreciate it, man. You guys call. are awesome. Thanks, Thank Mike. Thanks, we, Mike. We appreciate it. Look, yes, a Chicago sports fan frustrated. Uh, what, many of us. What did Ted Bill say? Did we get the quarterback exactly right? Did we win enough no, games? No. no and no. No and no and no. And, and, and the thing is, he's right. And it's been the only consistency over all these years with this mishandling of the quarterback is the ownership. They've had other play, uh, They've had other people in uh, – uh, you know, assessing talent and drafting. And it's just been a comedy of errors. And it's yeah. not a funny comedy. It's a, it's a sad comedy. What, what's the total? It's a, a, about 40 quarterbacks. Yeah. Fred and I, a uh, couple years ago, looked at a list in depth and it was, it was the ratio was almost five or six to one. Yeah. Since Brett Favre, who, when he isn't, you know, apparently. We t- went back t- to Bart Starr actually. Yeah. That was I mean, more but, fun but between Favre and Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay um which has yeah. been a seamless obviously transition for them yeah, it's been a ratio of four to one for yeah, sure it's, it's it's approaching 40 if it I mean a few years ago it was low 30s and right. um at, at that that's uh, not getting a quarterback right I can safely say yep three one two three three two three seven seven six uh Justin Fields the uh, uh his quarterback rating last week 27. Point seven. That's down from 85.7 first game, 43.8 with the Packers. So Oof. is this a function of, uh, is this a function of him just getting more chances and not succeeding? Or, you know, what are we looking at here? We're certainly not looking at the progress we thought we would see. But thankfully, we have a running game. We do have a two-in-one record. We're taking on the Giants a noon kick, and it will be interesting to see how much leash Justin Fields has this well, week. Our, our other Twitter poll question is: is, is some, it was same uh, last week? I just want to gauge uh, Bears Nation. Um, the Bears are three-point underdogs today. What happens? They win outright. They lose, but they cover. They are within three points, or they don't cover at all, and they just lose by more than three. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, wins are wins. And, and someone called last week, and I know when people going to Soldier Field last week want they're going to spend four, five, six hours of their time tailgating everything. They want to walk out of there feeling good with a win. But to me, sometimes those you know, a win against the Texans kind of like empty calories. You eat a big bowl of ice cream, and it tastes great while you're doing it, but it really doesn't do anything for you long-term. 
Um, is it just hey, ice cream baby? does something for me long term? I love it. <laughs> I know, it but I mean, my but, mood. But I get but, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, but th- that doesn't you know put you a, a, a great step uh, closer to winning a Super no Bowl. No protein, no protein, Brian. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, is it just win, baby, and and hopefully you're three and one today, and then what? You start having aspirations to win the division. I mean, okay. I, I just I I thought this was all about developing Justin Fields and. I know that's not fair to the rest of the guys in that locker room, Mark, that it, it become, but you have to have the quarterback. But you have to do that. And every team has done, every team that has drafted a quarterback that turned out to be something had yeah. to develop them. So yeah. everybody has gone, had to go along with the program. Troy Aikman, that, how many interceptions did he throw as a rookie? And, I, you know, this is, Justin Fields is still basically a rookie because of the way he was handled last year. Brett yeah, Favre, how many interceptions count. did he yep. have as a rookie? Yep. You have yep. If you don't get this right, and he's not the guy, you have to figure that out. And, and beating the Texans or even the Giants today, I mean, God bless it's, if they end it's up It's empty one. calories. You're yeah. right. It's empty calories if we don't see Justin improving. All right, we've got uh, Jesse Rogers is going to jump in here before we get out of here at 10 to add some context to the Tony LaRusso news. We're going to get to him after this break here on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley. On ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Do, da, dippity. You can get with this or you can get with that. All right, right out of the gate today on ESPN 1000, we have breaking news about Tony LaRussa. Bob Nightingale reporting that he is going to retire as uh, manager of the Chicago White Sox with a press conference tomorrow. We've got our buddy Jesse Rogers jumping on with us to uh, talk about this before we get out of here at 10. Hey, Jess, uh, were you surprised to see this today? I'm just a little bit. I mean, not so much um, the idea of Tony retiring. I think that's the way things have been trending. But, um, you know, for what it's worth, and I kind of was reticent to jump on because it could just probably be splitting hairs. There's no confirmation at the highest levels of the team regarding this, including Tony La Russa. No one has confirmed that this is happening. But I should say no one has confirmed this is happening as soon as tomorrow. So, again, we might be splitting hairs on timing. Uh, but I think um, for a while now, kind of we're, we're trending towards being very surprised if he does come back. And that's probably the most newsworthy, newsworthy part about this. But, again, no no confirmation just yet. So Sox fans that want to celebrate, I guess you got to hold off until the team or someone at the highest levels of the team confirm it. Uh, but Bob has always been good with the White Sox. He broke the news that LaRusso was being hired in the first place. So I don't doubt the reporting. So we, we might be splitting hairs on the timing of it. Um, so that's all. Yeah, a little surprised it may have you know leaked today. But no one has is, is, is come close to confirming this is happening as soon as tomorrow. But tomorrow morning we, we may wake up and say there's a press conference over a guaranteed rate field and things will change. Now, Jesse, um, are you – is the timing of his announcement being – if it does happen tomorrow – with the Sox still having three games left to play, does that play into it? Is it odd? Should this be happening, uh, you know, out of season once the Sox are wrapped up? That's that's the first thing that jumped out at me. No, not really. I mean, every team does things differently. Um, we've seen firings this September. We've seen people say so and so is not coming back. It, it it can happen the day after the season. It can happen in the waning days. Uh, teams like to sort of get a jump head, head start on the off season. So the sooner, the better, so to speak. Um, if you want if you're going to do a managerial search, search and you want to be open for business, well, letting everybody know as soon as possible is probably a good idea. So 
I wouldn't read anything in the final three days. It's, it's a homestand. It's, it's a place where the media will be anyway. You know, come Thursday, you'd have to bring everybody back. Maybe they don't want to do that. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, it, Logistical it's, there's, there's, concerns, yeah. sure. Okay. You know what I mean? It, was, it could be a myriad of small little reasons why they may announce it tomorrow. Give them a proper send-off, so to speak. Um, because, again, once the season ends, it's just your, your mind is elsewhere. You're, you're on to other things, media-wise, public-wise. So it, it could be a myriad of, of, of things. Maybe Tony wants to get the heck out of town. But um, not, nothing confirmed just yet. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out over the next day or two. But uh, whether it's Monday or, or soon after that, I think, I think this has sort of been in the works for a while. Um, hey, yeah, Jess. They have the excuse of the health first and foremost. Uh, just in terms of a, a longer timeline, the organizational meetings, uh, uh, what, usually a couple weeks after this season uh, ends? Do you do you hope to have, I mean, can you get a manager in place short of Miguel Cairo being elevated and giving him the title permanently or, you know, elevating him to your manager? Do you, do you have to have a manager for your organizational meetings is what I'm saying? Because normally that comes a couple weeks after the season. It's not that far off. No, you don't. It's happened many times where you, you fire a team and fire a manager and then you, you, you have your, your meetings and then you do your search at the same time and you hire someone whenever you hire someone. We could go through the dates. I mean, sometimes they're hired within a week or two, sometimes uh, you know, maybe even up to a month. You, you can look at the past. Um, uh, in, in this case, I'm not sure there'd be uh, an immediate timeline other than ASAP because it's always good to have the new guy in place. I, I think there, this will probably be a bigger search than we've seen before, at least on the surface. There's always names executives have in mind, but you want to you want to interview a lot. Sometimes you interview people from other organizations just to get the feel of how those other organizations uh, handle things. I mean, I think the Cubs interviewed Joe Espada back in the day to learn about, he's the bench coach of the Astros, to learn about the Astros as much as they wanted to hire Espada because David Ross mm-hmm. was the, 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 the runaway leading candidate but they brought a spot in to learn how the Astros work. Now we've got a month of playoffs too, Brian. So if you want to hire someone from another team, that plays a part, not that you can't interview them um, and hire them, but look, the playoffs start two days after the season. ends. so, yes, I think that you want to do it as soon as you can, but there's, you're not tied to any, any timeline. So there are a lot of names being thrown around from the very experienced and Bruce Bochy to AJ Persinski, who has no, managerial experience is there any name that jumps out to you that's been thrown around that uh gains your attention for one reason or another yes i will i will throw this out there for the first time um and i'm not saying the socks are he's number one in the socks list or anything like that but a name that could work and fit and i've heard is davy martinez manager of the washington nationals won a world series on a rebuilding team now with new ownership coming in, um, Latin American fl- flavor, which you, I think you do need for this team. Mm-hmm. You don't have you to do. have, but it wouldn't hurt. You don't have to have, but wouldn't hurt. Um, you know, every, and by the way, not every Latin American player is made the same. Dominican players are a little different than Cuban players. They're a little different than Puerto Rican players, um, that kind of thing. Uh, Davey is a, is a Puerto Rican descent. You, you know, I think it's important to connect with the Cuban players on the, on the White Sox team, not that you have to have a Cuban manager, but, all of that is baked into the process here. That's a name that I, I don't think you guys have probably heard, but I, I'm no, going out there right now. Um, Davey Martinez, that would be one. I think Joe Espada, if he's not in line to get Dusty Baker's gig, if Dusty's going to move on within a year or two, um, Joe Espada's name is still going to be out there. 
I, I think experience probably would help. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It doesn't have to be. Here's another one, Sandy Alomar Jr. Yeah, we had a caller times. bring that up yeah. right out of the box. And I'm today. glad you brought that up. Yeah. That, yeah. that would that, seem attractive, given his yeah, history yeah. here. And, and given, given his history here and given he's, where you work now is important. Yes, the Cleveland, Cleveland organization does things the right way. Like the Tampa Bay Rays do things the right way on a, on a minuscule budget. And Sandy Alomar has been uh, front and center watching that whole thing. So, uh, and I, you know, the Nats are an interesting, they don't do things exactly the same way, but they won a world championship. And, and um, maybe um, they actually don't like, I don't think Mike Rizzo is, manages from the, the executive suite. I think Davey Martinez had a lot of autonomy. I'm guessing the next White Sox manager probably will have less autonomy than Tony Larusa had. And so, where did Mike and where did Mike Rizzo come from? The Chicago White Sox. So if they take his word and his recommendation, or you know his, if he point. tells you Dave Martinez is the guy, you take probably take that with a little more weight, right? As, as much as Cub fans like to, some Cub fans like to criticize Joe Madden. If you've won a World Series, you've done something right. And forget about just winning it. If you are in the mix every year with different teams, like Madden was, Rays, Anka, you know what you're doing, right? There's there's Terry Bamington litmus test. Do you know oh, what you're doing or not? And <laughs> Davey Martinez has proven to me, I didn't know for sure he had the demeanor to move from bench coach to manager. He's proven to me he could do it. I would have no problem if they hired Davey Martinez. I do think he does know how to connect with the different kind of Latin players that, that the White Sox have and, and every team has. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's the number one choice, but I think he'd be a guy that should be and could be in the mix. And I think yeah, any White Sox fan would say, please give us somebody with some sort of experience, even a Davey Martinez, as opposed to A.J. Pruszynski, who's been batted around. That makes absolutely no sense, it's short for the fact that he's a hero from the 2005 team. I think that the White Sox, this is just my feeling, probably just don't want to go down that rabbit hole of potential controversy. And, you know, it's just going, it's like, the same reason they wouldn't rehire Ozzy is probably the reason they won't hire AJ. It's just right. potential for, That's fine for strife me. and, and inner, inner controversy where David Martinez, like you just, you know, they almost need to go outside the organization completely and just bring in a newcomer to have eyes on this for the first time. I'm but all no for baseball. that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying AJ wouldn't work. Just feel like I, I don't know if they're ready to go back to that well. They just did that with Tony. It didn't work. They don't want to do it with Ozzy. I love yep. AJ. He probably would do well in a, in, a, in a vacuum, but I'm not sure in this particular moment. I do think you have to, you know, uh, get a little bit more out of your hey, roster here. Guys, and, would, and, guys would run out for yeah. uh, Guys would run like hell the first base if AJ was run, a man yep, running the absolutely. show. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, Jess, I mean, we got to jump. I'm not saying there's negatives. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying there's po- there aren't positives. I just don't know about going down you. that rabbit hole. I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I, I, me too. Jesse, thanks for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. We got to get moving, but uh, Tony Larusa may retire tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Ultimately, probably will happen. The timing is of the question. Thanks, Jess, for joining us here on ESPN 1000. Our old buddy Jesse Rogers, of course, our baseball guy. Brian, we've got to wrap things up. The Points Bet pregame show is coming up. Uh, We are going to duck out. And uh, on the other side, that's what you get here on ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great day. The Bears uh, coming up, uh, you know, you'll – They've got a noon kick, and uh, they're going to they're gonna kind of set you up for that next year on ESPN 1000. 